This is Shudders Inc. with Bruce Williams and Glenn Lavender. Hi and welcome to episode 516 of COVID Central. Uh, this is Bruce Williams from ShuddersIncPodcast.com and dying in Melbourne, apparently, is Mr. Glenn Lavender. How are you? You know what my old dad used to say? <laughs> What did he used to say? It's not the coffin you've got to worry about, it's the coffin to carry you off in. <laughs> there you go. Oh, excuse me, I've got a bit of a bit of a cough hole to go on there just for a second. <laughs> <coughs> but it's, uh, I'm fine, I'm, I'm fine, I can still feel my legs, so it's not corona. That's, 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 that's the first sign, isn't it? <laughs> Is it? You can't feel your legs. I don't know. <laughs> that's why... Um, People aren't going out to get tested because yeah, you know, they can't feel the they can't move. Oh, can't right. feel the legs aren't working. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like home visit doctors to go around and test people. If you can't get to your front door, you've got it. It could be a simple test. <laughs> okay. How have you been? Did we do? We didn't do one last week, did we? Or did we do we one did last not. week? We did not. We didn't. That's right. I couldn't be asked, could I? We we couldn't get a time that worked for both of us. Oh, I think I just couldn't be asked. Right. So, I've um, I've got myself a job. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's it? Tell, do tell. Tell uh, us more. You, Inquiring gonna, audiences you, want to know. You're gonna laugh. Oh. <laughs> Go on. Go on. I'm driving a delivery truck for Coles. Oh, good on you, mate. <laughs> Thank you. Now, a friend of mine, he went doing the same thing for Amazon. Right. Yeah, exactly the same thing. Uh, hey, who, who's in most demand at the moment? They Tell uh, me about supermarket it. delivery vans yep. and Amazon. Yep. Go work for them. Yep. Good on you, mate. Yeah. So they've had me in training for the last week. Hey, I thought you were driving a van, not a train. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that has meant I haven't actually been in the truck at all yet. Uh, it's all <laughs> been in the supermarket loading. And, man, that is physical stuff stuff oh really very physical stuff they reckon they reckon that over the course of a nine-hour shift we lift somewhere between 3,500 and 5,000 kilos wow so, <laughs> man you know it at the end of it i can tell you oh i bet, oh, I bet. um but i'm but actually so what size forklift do you use to lift that i'm yeah just just your arms um i'm wow. actually enjoying it i'm really enjoying the physical nature of it years and years and years like, like back in the 90s when i was traveling the world uh, I did some um, work in a factory in England, to, uh, piecemeal. We had to, so I put brochures into bags, and, okay, yeah. and, and you had to work really, really fast. And it was like a competition to get as many as these things stuff per hour. And the more you could do, the more you got paid. Right. right? Okay. So you work like a <laughs> demon, yeah. And I, I, I felt exactly the same way. That it was it was really enjoyable to to do that. Just. Sort of mindless, yes, but really but repetitive, a little bit physical work. It's really good. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, I've spent 34 years sitting on my bum in a recording studio, and I still love recording. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I still love the audio industry, but what drove this decision is the fact that I am just over the commute. You yeah, know, to, to go to Sydney, it's, you know, depending on how far into Sydney I have to go, it's anything from an hour and a quarter upwards. And uh, so can I just can I just say that you didn't like the driving distances, <laughs> so now you're driving. Just, just can, yeah. can, I just, can we just see the irony here before we go any further? <laughs> no, nah, it's a whole different kettle of fish. <laughs> it is a whole different kettle of fish. Well, that's part of probably what you're delivering, but that might yeah, be some of the stuff right. you deliver. Kettles of fish. <laughs> yes, so... So, but, yep. 
Yeah, I mean, the mind-numbingness of, of commuting, I guess, yeah. 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 But, uh, look, it's, I don't know, Sydney traffic is just different to coast traffic, you know? And, and when the driving is the job, that's completely different to when the driving is just getting to the job. Yeah, yeah. At least whilst you're driving, you're doing. Yes, Exactly. You're not driving and then having to start. To yeah. say, I've just wasted, I've, been, I've been going That's an hour and a half. Exactly it. Exactly. <laughs> so the supermarket I'm working at is about 12 minutes from home, you know, <laughs> as opposed to an hour and a quarter. So I had a car that slow once. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah. So I've, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I, the money is nothing like what I'm used to earning. Oh, of course, of course. But, yeah, um, well, you don't get your road scholars knock on the door say, excuse-moi, madame, yes. your delivery from Le Coles is here for you. <laughs> yes. Where so, do you want it? That's kind of what you get. Yeah. You know? so. No, but you know what? You're, you're providing for the fam. Yep. You're doing what it takes, and you're not just sitting back going, oh, I'll just try and see if I can find something. Yeah. You're just going out there and doing it. And yeah. I'm proud of you, dude. Oh, thank Good you, you, mate. Thank you. Good on you. Not laughing, didn't laugh in the slightest, <laughs> except, for the, except for the, I didn't like to the drive to work, so I'm going to drive. <laughs> That's kind of amusing. But, uh, yeah. No, good stuff. Well, well done. I mean, if I could get off my butt, uh, oh, no, I've got an excuse. I've got, I've got kids who um, need to be <laughs> homeschooled. Yeah. And what, by that, what I mean by homeschooled is they get up, get their own breakfast, go in their bedrooms and start. Right. And a couple of hours later, I take in a morning snack. And a couple of hours later, I take in lunch. <laughs> and a couple of hours later, I take in an afternoon snack. That's me homeschooling this time around. <laughs> right. You know? then, I, then I sit. Then I sit on the couch. Yeah. And watch me watch me stories. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a bit hard of work. Actually, no, I changed it up a bit today. Yeah. I went for a walk up to the local park, laid on the hill. And watch my stories on the phone for a little nice. bit. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really, yeah, break it up, shake it up. Yeah. Was it sunny? Good. Oh, beautiful day today. Beautiful. Excellent. It's like it's like autumn, like, like autumn and spring. Uh, <laughs> it is like it's autumn. It's, it's 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 just like it's just like spring. Uh, no, it's beautiful day. It's like oh, almost seventy degrees, but uh, no wind, blue skies, yeah, little fluffy white clouds. Nice. Gorgeous. Sat out there in, in the. I went out to the to enjoy the the, the outdoors and put my earplugs in and uh, watch the show. Excellent. Well, see you. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, and what else have you been up to in the last two weeks? Well, photographically, nothing. Yeah, nothing, nothing. I did. I did yesterday. Have to record a couple of little short videos because uh, today, Bruce. Today we're recording on World Photography Day. Oh, are we? Today is World Photography Day. How about that? Uh, happy World Photography Day, dude. Yeah, thank you. Same to you. Tamron Australia. I could do uh, three little sort of five-second bits. That they're going to put into a video for World Photography Day, which I said sure, and I did, and it was today. Nice. So they've that on their on their on their Facebook page, and I think going on Instagram tonight and stuff. So excellent. It was nice. Yeah, it was it was it was good. It was me and a bunch of other people that uh, most mostly I know most of them, a few I don't. Yeah. Uh, from associations with, and um, put out this little video saying, "What were the three questions? Um, what do I like to photograph? Why do I love photography?" And there was something else. And the the, the uh, why do I love photography? I said I'm not sure I do. <laughs> Ambassador for the company. Why do you love? I'm not sure I do. <laughs> I thought I'd save it with that. <laughs> yeah. So and there was some other question. I can't remember what it was, but but I, but I put a very poignant a poignant answer to that one, and that and they used that one to stop the video, which was good. Right. 
Hey. And, and it was so poignant <laughs> that the social media manager said, mate, I'm crying. <laughs> yeah. And then I've got messages from people, mate, crying. Yeah. And people <laughs> online go, teared up at the end. Right. That was, that was pretty good. I, my poignancy worked. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of gravitas at the end and not make it quite so light and fluffy and it worked a treat. Nice. So, you can make someone cry and not just from your dad jokes. It's a... Uh, <laughs> That's about all I've done. Photographically, that is literally, figuratively, and what's the other one? There's literally, figuratively, and is there another one? I have no idea. <laughs> another one? Yeah. Uh, and I can't I'm talking about it now, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I've literally done nothing else in photography. But I did, I did post up on Facebook, I think it was a couple of days ago, I saw this advert uh, of this girl, she's laying in a bed. She's pretty with the hair all flounced out, and and she's she's taking a selfie with a, uh, of herself. Yeah, she couldn't hold the phone up and not a selfie of herself. Oh, no, so, so it wasn't an ugly. <laughs> uh, so it, was, it, was, it was the back of the phone, yeah. and the back of the phone didn't have a lens. Oh, that's right. Yes, I saw so that. I called it the iMe phone. Yeah, yeah. I thought how bizarre. Now, obviously. It's a, a prop, but not even think about putting a lens where it would yeah, normally be. exactly. If you were to go through young people's phones, there's probably no need to have the other camera on the front. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need that one so you can do the selfies and the uzzies. Yeah. 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 So maybe, that's, maybe that could save some money. Yeah. Yeah. So, I thought that was so that's, that's my entire involvement in photography. Right. Two weeks. <laughs> Pretty out there, hey? Yeah. Quite true. I moved. I moved my camera from one table to a different table this afternoon. Right. Okay. Uh, Why? I was in the way. Oh, moved right. the table. <laughs> right. Moved <laughs> the table. Fair enough. That's been a big week of photography. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I must admit the the most work my A seven three gets these days is uh, when I'm filming my dark table tutorials. Yeah, <laughs> So I'm using my camera every week, but uh, haven't shot a still in ages. I, I have been starting to look at Sony A7s, just sort of pottering in the back of my head. Okay. Just because I, I really love this new Tamron 35 to 150 f2 to 2.8. Right. That's going to be coming out for Sony. I think it's just a, it's just as a travel lens. I mean, I'm not talking like photo tour travel because you know, I need more than that. Gear wise, but yeah, you know, so I'm playing this trip to Europe with the fam. Yep, it's just like the perfect lens. Yeah, yep. absolutely. All that and with a little eleven to twenty, what a great piece of kit in just a tiny little little package. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm 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 seriously because I can get the lenses for free. So that's good. I'm just to buy a body or yeah. steal yours, then yeah, <laughs> do that, and then the world will be saved. Having to watch another Lightroom, darkroom video. <laughs> Uh, hey, how's your darkroom videos been going? Have you, have you been you know, shortening them, doing multi-parts, all that kind of stuff? Have I you have, noticed any changes? I have been trying to shorten them. But having said that, I just recorded episode 100 today, and that ran for 42 minutes. Uh, well, yeah, so a milestone video needs to be. Yeah, you know? exactly. So I did cover a lot of different ground in this particular episode. So, uh, But generally, yes, I have been trying to cut them down. I struggle to get them down to eight minutes, though. Uh, I still think you should do four, two, two five-minute ones, part one, part two. It's finding a logical place to stop. 
Like, well, get I whoever's kinda... writing your script, get them to do it. <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> yeah, I just, I get on a roll and then, you know, I, I just, yeah, I can't stop. I, oh. so. <laughs> yeah. you're, not th- you're not thinking from an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I am. I'm, it is in my mind all of the time to try and shorten them, and certainly with my uh, plan to launch a masterclass, then I definitely will be shortening and reducing the scope of the content that goes out for free on yeah. on YouTube uh, to try and promote you know, the masterclass. Do you think people who want free software will pay to learn how to use it? That's a good question. Uh, A lot of of my audience have been very supportive since I announced that I was going to, you know, have a stab at this. Uh, And, and you know, certainly more than a handful have said they will will pay for it when it's available. But Well, I would suggest that you say early bird special. Yep. All those who actually want to support the building of, you're going to get it for half price now for $50 instead of $100. Yeah. If you put your money down now, let's see how supportive they actually are by actually ponying up the cash. That's, yeah, yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Gauge yeah. genuine interest rate because, hey, yeah, you, you, if, 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 if someone comes to me and says in a, in a normal world, yeah. Oh, Glenn, what are you doing August 17th? Well, it's just a random date I'm picking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nothing by. Oh, we've got a party. You want to come? Yeah, I'll come. Come August 15. I'm thinking of excuses. <laughs> yeah. You know, how the hell can I get out of this? You know? Yeah. Happy to say yes at the time. Yeah. But when reality starts to set, yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to go and socialize. Damn. Oh, I've broken my leg again. Look at that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Something. <clears throat> so, yeah, man, how do you get your early birds in to guarantee your. You actually got an audience, and if you don't get critical numbers on early birds, then you refund them and say, "Ah, oh, it's not not enough people interested." Obviously, yeah, yeah, and that way you're not putting all the effort into building the masterclass and then finding no one's going to pay. Yeah, right. Yeah, you you gauge actual financial interest. Yep. Yeah, set yourself a deadline, like, and I'll be launching it. You know, give yourself three months or something, or two yep. months. Yep. That you that way, yeah, you're forced to work harder to get it done. Because there's people expecting. Yep. And uh, remember, all you got to do is have part one of masterclass done. It doesn't have to be the yeah you know, the whole thing. And you'll gauge whether there's actually a genuine yeah. What were you thinking price wise? I was thinking one forty nine, um, but seventy nine bucks early bird. Yep. And maybe maybe the, you're, you and you limit it say a twenty places only for early bird. Right. Yeah. So that's it. Once that's done, it'll be full price for anyone else after that. Yep. And you'll gauge whether you, how quickly you can fill those twenty places. Could uh, could really um, get a, at least a good grasp of it about the actual interest in it. Yeah. Mm. Who knows? Mm. You know, food for thought. Let's put it definitely, that way. definitely, definitely food for thought. Yes. Definitely. Anyway. So yeah. So that's where I'm yeah. at. Good. Yeah. Can, uh, our Coles delivery people were refusing orders because they were too overloaded. So can you drive down to us and drop off? <laughs> Is it allowed? I might be struggling to get from here to there and back in time, mate. <laughs> well, for the frozen stuff, it's defrosted. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's a concern. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, so we don't even have a post office at the moment. I've got, I've got some documents I need to sign and send off. And our post office is closed because of COVID. 
Right. And can and, you not and the sign next... them and scan them and email them? No, it's got to be they need originals. Wow. It's legal legal paperwork. Yeah, right. And and next nearest post office is outside our five kilometer zone. <sighs> and there's like ten people in this uh, waiting for us to put this to finalise this legal requirements. Yeah, right. And we <laughs> we can't. Like the, the weird things that this situation hits you on, yeah, that you yeah. don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of, yeah. Expect bizarre, yeah. very bizarre. So they'll have to sue me some other time, I guess. Yeah, right. It's not, it's not a lawsuit. It's finalising my mum's will. Oh, it's, okay, um, right. It's, it's like yeah, dope timing. Yeah. Anyway, since two thousand five, Shutters Inc has been a labour of love. But beyond the time required to produce it, there is also a financial commitment. If you find value in the podcast and would like to help keep the servers running, hit up the Patreon link, which is in the show notes. Even a couple of dollars a month will help. Much appreciated. Now, back to the podcast. I found this is a subject I'm not sure I'm either A, smart enough, uh, and I think the listeners would probably agree. I'm not sure if I'm smart enough to talk about this particular topic coming up or have a depth of human emotion enough to to um to talk about it, but we'll give it a stab and see how it goes. Uh, I, I, I saw this uh, Adobe listed there like top young photographers of the like, I zoned out after that. Uh, but one person is um they they picked on was not because the one person they picked yeah. they were picking on was a, a, a female photographer who was her her point of difference she reckons is she she wants to go out and photograph inclusivity. Okay. Okay. And I thought, well, if you're searching out people that are different to photograph, that seems exploitative more than. (laughs) So, yeah, Adobe Rising Star, Anna Neubauer, focuses her lens on inclusivity. And looking at the range of photographs, I don't see anything that's actually inclusive whatsoever. Right. I mean, there's not. Okay, there's one group of like two, four, seven people in that group. There's lots of just photos of one person, like right. against a wall or something. That's not in any way, shape, what I'd call inclusive. Yeah. But the only thing that's defining about them, maybe they may have autism or Down syndrome or yeah. what, the, 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 the issues that make them maybe struggle with being included in lots of stuff. Yeah. I'm not sure how that shows being inc- inclusive. Going out deliberately to look. For people who are being who are different, for people who are being ostracised, yeah. Well, but you're seeing them through a lens that is that is judging outward appearances or uh, you know, the way they handle and behave themselves, and assuming because I'm assuming that you don't know all these people in depth, no. So therefore, you're assuming they're living a life being excluded from stuff. Yeah, and your attempt to photograph them being included. I mean, I don't know. It, it just struck me as not odd. I don't know. It, it, it didn't ring true to me that, that how you can do this. It, it's like yeah, a few years ago, everyone was out photographing homeless people in the streets. Yeah, right. Yep. And it's like, well, is that yeah manipulation? Is that is that yeah is that, is that it's not very true to go and and, and just photograph someone. Maybe sit down and talk to them for an hour or two and learn something about them and their situation. Maybe that makes it less exploitative. But so many people walk around and just photograph the homeless. Yeah. You know? And also have the same problem with travel photography when you know, you're looking for interesting looking people to photograph. But as always with my stuff, is I like to 
find out as much as you can about it. You know, talk to people, meet people, and photograph the connection you have with people. Yeah. As opposed to no, street photography, looking for odd things that are happening to photograph or whatever. And I, I just found it. I don't know. I don't know if I'm, if I'm seeing things or imagining things. Yeah. She says I have the power to redefine representation and drive inclusivity within photo, within photography. Mm. Well, certainly not representative upon the work that she's showing, or Adobe's showing of hers. Do I get that feel? Yeah. Yeah. And if you were to embark on a project like that, if you were to embark on a project where you want to show people that were included, people that are maybe normally somewhat excluded from normal, normal in parenthesis, normal society, how would you go about it? Where would you go to try and find these people? Well, I'd be looking for opportunities to photograph the very people that she's photographing, but to photograph them within groups of you know and i hate i hate to say this but know, otherwise otherwise normal people yeah and so I, you would so you would you go to a normal soccer practice a normal concert arena a playground when where society gathers you would think so and find how people are interacting with each other and photograph differences that you see or, or photograph all the different inclusivity that you see yeah or do you go to venues where yeah, people are maybe being excluded or more likely to be, a la homeless people on the street, and then photograph that? You know, which, I don't know, that, that seems to be very, a very different modus operandi yeah. than, than, as you said, going to the local playground or park yeah. or office building, you know, walking to a normal office and photographing the people working there and finding how is inclusivity actually being represented in that workplace. Yeah. To me, to that me, makes far, more sense. Well, to me, it's far truer. And you know what? And if it's not, you photograph that it's not. Yeah. You photograph the not inclusivity. I mean, if you go to a workplace and there's nothing that reminds me of the Seinfeld episode where um, Elaine objects to the, the local cafe owner only employing women with large breasts. <laughs> right. And so she goes and tries to, to, to report him to the police and all this sort of stuff. And um, she goes, she finally goes back and, and, and she confronts the owner personally. He goes, but they're my daughters. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, got, it's got nothing to do with any physical attributes while they're employed there. It's a family relationship. So that's what I'm saying. So that's, that's yeah. Interesting. If he went to that workplace and said, oh, "Look what he's how he's employing all these people who have these particular physical traits," yeah. you know, or people who, or, or the absolute absence of people with other physical traits, yeah, it's really tricky, you know. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, just, I just found it an odd thing to, to point out uh, why, what makes her a, a rising star. Yeah, you know what I mean. And look, I said I, I, I preface this with that I'm sure I'm, I'm quite sure I'm not intelligent enough to really comment on this properly, but that's just how it rang true to me for a minute. And I noticed on on Peter's pixel, yeah. uh, there's only one comment from Barry. Right. And Barry just says, "Really? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's just yeah." Uh, <sighs> But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and it's not that I'm not I'm not remotely picking on the quality of her work. 
Yeah. Lack or lack thereof. No. <laughs> now I'm picking my qualities. No, not, 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 not yeah, looking at the work from an objective artistic standpoint with my own bias to what I like. I'm just saying, well, how does that show inclusive, inclusive, inclusivity? Yeah. I'm struggling myself. Yep. Inclusivity. God. <laughs> How does it show people being inclusive? <laughs> uh, I just don't, yeah. It, 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 and, and that's a struggle I think we always have as photographers who go out to photograph the people out there is to find ways to be not exploitative in the work that we do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I, I, I'm guilty of it a thousand times, I'm sure, you know. So maybe, you know, you have to, when you're going out doing street photography, do you have to start filtering yourself? Well, why do I take this photo, this photo of this person? You know, what, what is it? Oh, is it because he looks weird? Is yeah. it because is it she's, she's super tall? Or what is it that you're trying to point out in the photograph? You know, what's your, what's your actual message? What are you, you know, what's the underlying maybe subconscious thing that you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. I only photograph the homeless. Well, why? How does that help them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, and, and then you go, oh, well, what I'm doing is I'm using these in, uh, and I work with this shelter over here, and we and we, we try and you know, work, work with the people we meet and we photograph them and we introduce them to the shelter where we can try and we work towards you know, getting them you know, better health, medical advice and help. We help. We work towards getting them jobs. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah, there's a there's a holistic and sort of more yeah, more than just I've taken a photo for social media. Yeah. yeah, or take the photo for a photo competition. You could probably yeah. say the same about war photographers to a certain extent. Yeah, well, yeah. So what's the purpose of their image? Yeah. Yeah. Is it only is it information? And the problem is, and it's like what's going on in Afghanistan at the moment, yeah. the war photographers at the moment, every image they're choosing to shoot drives a certain narrative. Yes. And that may only be one tiny fraction of what's actually happening there, for good or bad. Actually, let's just but, say that the images they choose to publish yes. drives the narrative, not necessarily yes, what so the look, photographers choose to shoot, because yeah, I'm sure exactly. they're shooting a lot more stuff than we're getting to yeah. see. And the editors are pulling out what they, the story they want to tell. Yeah, which images, I mean, I mean, is the only way to shoot a war photo that tells a true story is to do a panorama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. These people here have been hit with a stick. Yeah. Uh, these people here are trying to stop them, or these people here are going by their, about their business completely oblivious to it. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's it's horrible stuff's not happening, but I'm but how much are, are we informed by only what we see versus what's going on? So it's a good point. It's, a, it's the same. It's the same thing extrapolated, really, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, 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 what we choose to shoot or choose to show or choose to publish. Yeah. drives the narrative that either we or our editor or whatever wants to push. Now, if you're working for, I don't know, some utter scum bucket journalist company owned by, say, I don't know, I'll, put, I'll pull a random name out, not to be, so I can't be, can't be sort of, you know, Murdoch, that's a funny name. Okay. Uh, if you're looking for some, a Murdoch company. Right. That's not a real name, so it's okay to say that. You know, you've got a certain bias towards what you're trying to say, so you're not going to show photos that aren't, yeah, rooted in that bias. Yeah, I went. I went. Got another weird tangent. I went onto Al Jazeera's website this week. Not a news source I normally ever look at. Yeah, right. But just to see how events are being reported elsewhere. 
Right. That's not with the the limited range of access to news that I have here in Australia. How is it? And it was quite a, uh, certainly a broader story, but th- 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 I'd say it was necessarily a different story, but it's a broader story because there's a lot more stories on what's going on yeah, than right. the few paragraphs that I get here. Yeah. So being exposed to seeing more images and more words about what's going on gave me a, a, a greater appreciation, not appreciation, a greater understanding of a situation. Yeah. Whereas this woman photographing these people for inclusivity and amazing a person by themselves, yeah. that's a very narrow, not giving me any sort of story that kind of helps me make a either be empathetic or have a, a, a great understanding of what's going on or how they actually are being included in society. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, so, so, so a tricky situation, this, this photography business, you know, yeah. yep. maybe that's why macro photography is you know, the only pure art left. <laughs> yeah. This is the flower. And that's the bee that was on it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, you know, job done, you know, yeah. sure. There were other flowers. And yes, there were other bees. But this is the one I took the photo of. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, now judge it as you will. Yeah. Yep. So so speaking of so I don't know, I can't I don't think I can add anything more to that in- inclusivity or even the Afghan or all this whole conundrum of how we photograph. Yeah. I think it's a hell of a lot more interesting conversation than uh pointing a torch at the Milky Way. Oh, or, Sacrilege, sacrilege, Mr. Lavender. What LED lights do I need to put inside my tent so it glows properly? And what colour jacket do I need to wear for this environment? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, derision is such a wonderful thing. (laughs) We're off to see derision. Anyway, uh, speaking of photographing um, stuff, the, what was it, the Potato Photographer of the Year Awards have just been announced. Of course they have. Of course I am. The Potato Photographer of the Year. So first, let's go look at the photos. So I open up yeah. your little, little jiggy there. Some damn good stuff, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, I love the one they've got at the top where they've got like you know, all the, the, the sprouts coming out the top of the, the potato and sort of yeah. the comb. Here, it's just like doing a haircut. Yeah, that's it's great. <laughs> yeah, they've got Munch's uh, The Scream yeah. with the potato the screen. That's pretty clever. They've got a, a nice portrait of a girl with a... Um, Potato necklace. Yes. <laughs> Australian photographer from New South Wales called Nicole Wells, W E L L S, does some wonderful portraits of her children. Right. Uh, straight away, I saw this. I thought it was one of hers because it's, you know, lighting and, and the daughter kind of looks the same. Uh, but it wasn't. But it's very, right. very similar. There's some really cool shots in there. Yeah. You know, maybe we should all think about just seeing a challenge that we could do photos for, you know, photography of the year 2022. I'm not sure where it's announced. But it's amazing what stuff's out there. But I thought the best thing about it, of course, was the comments, Bruce. The comments. Of course, the comments. Beats the Sony Awards. <laughs> I want to keep my eyes peeled for next year's exciting instalment. Thanks for surprise. I wonder if this is if this contest is, is inclusive enough, which I thought was hilarious <laughs> after our last. Yeah. Uh, whoever came up with this idea should get a roasting. <laughs> Expect. Someone to post a genuine portrait of uh, uh, sorry would have would have expected someone to post a genuine portrait of Keith Richards and nobody noticed. <laughs> uh, so you don't like these? I checked your gallery and there wasn't a single potato photo. So you shouldn't have an opinion. <laughs> if you're shortlisted, it means your photographic career is in taters, tatters. <laughs> 
conversation is well grounded. I wonder where they dug up the idea. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The competition seems kind of half baked. <laughs> they should allow us to send in photos of politicians. <laughs> and then it went into an actual conversation, which I thought was was interesting as well. Yeah, right. Uh, actually, the thing I like most about these types of photo competitions is precisely that people can't use contemporary issues politics or, or uh, exotic subject matter like remote tribes just to win a contest. They actually have to concentrate on the photography. Yes. And comes out with, I haven't considered that. Very good point. Most of the photography competitions are won by pulling at heartstrings or reinforcing some bias people learned from spending too much time on social media. Because of the mundane subject matter, this shifts attention to the quality of the work and the creativity of the photographer. Yep. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, that's a great point. Last two were, you guys need to get out a bit more. <laughs> and there was, these are the guys who get out a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a, bit, that was a little bit amusing. Yeah, but that's I thought about, yeah, As silly as Potato Photographer of the Year is, the fact that it, it requires you to come out of the box with creativity, lighting, you know, the process of actual photography rather than there was a time there where every every photo competition was won by a homeless person. Well, not by a homeless person, a, a photo of a homeless person. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we, we, I think the last one we talked about, it was all like South Sudanese tribes, half of them. Right, yeah. So same kind of has become the, the, the new... And so, in fact, when we talked about that one with all the South Sudanese tribes, and someone in the comments on that one said, uh, oh, tribe people are the new homeless. Yeah. Uh, and... So, so yeah, so 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 as funny as those photos were, I mean, the concept is really kind of a cool idea, you know. Yeah, and, and maybe photographing that bee on the flower is so much more pure photography. Yep. Than these exploitative images of inclusivity or yeah differences and everything else. Yeah, which as I said, yeah, emotion, emotional art tuggers rather than yeah, the quality of photography. So yeah, time and place. Going back to war journalism, yeah, the, the, we wouldn't know what we know about a lot of what happens in war without these guys bravely, you know, sacrificing their lives to do the photo. Oh, for sure. But imagine if you could go back to World War Two, and you had access to all the German newspapers of the time. Yep. And all the newspapers all of the time, and you looked at the photographs. From both sides, yeah, it'd be interesting what the differences are. Yes, because you know for sure there'd be photos of showing how Germans have destroyed this area, yeah, uh, because uh, we've knocked down our enemy, yeah, and the same kind of photograph of Americans and uh, the, the Allied forces going into Germany. We've knocked down our enemy, and we've, you know, we've, you know, you know, there'd be so many. I think there'd be so many similarities in the photos. It'd be kind of haunting. Yeah, it'd be a fascinating project for someone who's got, yeah. You know, Access to all that sort of you know, content, just to yeah, just to to, to see the, the 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 similarities in, in that, and and of course then the narrative of whoever's telling the words behind those pictures too. So, yeah, yeah. I was thinking while you were talking about the modern age and access to technology and access to immediate publishing you know in the form of blogs and whatnot and i was thinking wouldn't it be amazing if there were war photographers who 
weren't bound by you know, what they pass to their editors and what the editors then decide to publish and who could just simply publish everything they shot to their own blogs. But then I thought, no, the problem with that idea is that most of those war photographers are embedded with an army corps yeah, and are yeah. under a you know pretty much an nda or they're on they're on one side or the other really they're not jumping back and forward over the lines to get perspectives on both sides oh sure look you, you know i don't think you'll ever get a war photographer who can you know accurately show both sides of the conflict but i thought it'd be interesting to see everything that a war correspondent gets to see as opposed to just what, yeah. you know, the editors decide to publish out of all of the content that that, you know, photographer shoots. Interesting, because, I mean, these these guys probably uploading as they're shooting, yeah. just in case they get shot. It'd be interesting if there was, a, like, a, a live site you could go to. Yes. A site you could go to, that, that as they're shooting. And there's no commentary. There's no – it's just image after image after image. It's getting uploaded. Yeah. And you can kind of follow the timeline of those images yeah. along – and just see, and you're seeing all the crap shots, you're seeing all the good ones, you're seeing the mundane and the horrific, you're seeing all, yeah, yeah. it's all unfiltered, yeah, as shot and seen, yeah, yeah, it, it, it would be, yeah, quite eye opening, I'd imagine, very, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. we haven't solved the worst world's problems, but we've we've made a head start. <laughs> we've made a bit of a start. There we go. Well, that's well, it for me. That's all I've got to talk about. Yeah. Well, we got a uh, we got one from Philip Johnson this week. And, hey, Philip. Um, yeah. Oh, I should just I should just mention. Sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, poor Phil. Yeah. I'd like to welcome any and all new listeners from um, Fort Worth Camera because I plugged the old podcast and uh, said to yeah come on come and have a listen to us. Uh, I did that the week before last, so they might have listened to last episode and not come back. Right. <laughs> but if they did come back, we'll say a big hearty g'day to them. Absolutely. And uh, please, on Facebook, Shutter's Inc., what's it called on Facebook? Just Shutter's Inc. Podcast? <laughs> Sh- that, Shutter's Inc. Podcast, page? yes. Their Facebook page is Shutter's Inc. Pop on there and... Uh, Drop us a hello from Texas. Absolutely. Depressing if no one does. Anyway, Philip Johnson found this Philip, great you know, story on Petapixel about a thrift store miracle. College Ooh. student finds a Leica M2 for just $5. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's actually got a photo of it still shrink-wrapped with the $4.99 price tag on it. <laughs> that is just amazing. This kid decided to just drop into a value village, which I assume is the name of the store, and uh, and saw this Leica M2 all shrink-wrapped up with a $4.99 price tag on it and thought, this is just too good to be true. Bought Damn. it. Yeah. And uh, miracles still happen. Yeah, and yeah. walked away with a fifty mil f two point eight lens with it. Yeah, for five bucks, got to be happy with that. And oh man, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> that a couple of thousand dollars a year right there. Yeah, when I, when I when I used to collect rare books, antique fishing books, yeah. I used to have this this uh, bookstore. Yeah, you know, I'd put my name down, let people you know, try and introduce themselves to the owners and stuff, and get the contact me if stuff came in. I used to have this guy who ran a, ran a bookshop called the Merchant of Fairness. <laughs> Nice. And he called me up and said, I've got some books, Glenn, come on down. And he said, oh, I've got this one, I want $12 for it. But, but look over here. He pull up like Australia's rare book list. Again, look at this. Listen, there's $300, but you can have 12 What? Okay, right, I'll take that. Then, then he, here, I want 20 for this one, but look, it's, it's also for 300 
<laughs> all of a sudden you go through all this stuff about how much these books are worth and then sell them to me for like a fraction. Why? I don't know. How could he make money if he's doing that all the time? I thought, well, he's out of business now. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was the bizarrest situation. It's kind of like that, you know, the, the, the rare camera being worth a But you can still find stuff like that. I used to go into stores and find books for $2 that were worth a 1000 bucks. Really? You know? Oh, yeah, it used to happen. But then, then it became a, a more and more people into it. Yeah. So the, the opportunities are far, far less. And, of course, when you get older, they more responsibilities and kids, you have less time to go looking. But yeah, you, you find. Uh, I mean, I, I, I call the store and say, "Hey, have you got any, any books?" Oh, I've got nothing, so I go in anyway. Oh, look, there's a three hundred dollar one for twelve bucks. Look at that. <laughs> oh, there's a handwritten book on, on, on fishing in Victoria from the from the eighteen eighties. Wow. Yeah, twenty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's stuff out there that are yeah worth a lot of money if you could put the leg legwork in to get it. You know? Yeah, right. There used to be people go door knocking on the houses all the time. Do you have any old camera gear? Do you have any old or fishing gear in that case as well? And they go out to the farms looking anywhere around rivers, see if any of their ancestors used to fish. But the same thing with cameras, you know, does yeah. do you have any old camera gear? And people used to pick up so much stuff. Yeah. In the seventies and eighties and stuff that was worth a fortune because yeah. people didn't know the value. But of course Lesson, lesson, I'm less. still kicking myself because when we first moved up here 10 years ago, there was a secondhand bookstore uh, down in the centre of Gosford uh, in the scummy part of town where you know, there, <laughs> there aren't a whole lot of businesses. Yeah. And I just happened to be in there one day and I'm browsing through the vinyl records and for $50, I'm still kicking myself for not picking this up. Not a Beatles box set. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Mood quadraphonic pressing uh, for 50 bucks. How much are they these days? I would hate to think. <laughs> It'd be 55. <laughs> Probably a bit more than that, I would imagine. Okay. So, oh. yeah, I, I looked at it at the time and went, what on earth? 50 I, bucks? I, should, I, I was thinking I should buy this and then just didn't, and yeah. It's funny you don't follow your instincts, isn't it? Yeah, right? you know? exactly. But, but I guarantee that if you if you spend enough time going to thrift stores and stuff like that, you'll find stuff. Yeah, you'll find stuff that's yeah. You know, it might not be a like room too, but yeah, you know, you'll pick up some. Especially, I think we've never had a better opportunity in this day and age with all these lens mount adapters. Yeah, you know, we can put like other brand lenses and other under modern cameras mm. to go out and find old sixties, seventies lenses for five, ten bucks. They yep. could do you know, really cool photography, you know. They don't require you to use that 60s or 70s camera to make it work. You can put the money in your modern camera and, uh, and shoot away. So Yeah. If that's your thing. Yep. Nice. Uh, Thanks, Phil. So we've got a bunch of stories again from Paul Sutton. You say that like it's a negative. No. I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, another bunch of stories from Paul Sutton. No. Right. Uh, but one of the stories right. that he sent us, uh, again from Petapixel, is that Brian Adams, yes, the Brian Adams, summer of 69 guy. He's a photographer. He's a photographer, and he shot the 2022 calendar for Pirelli. Ah. Now, the Pirelli calendar has, you know, traditionally been quite the collectible calendar to have, you know. Yeah. Quite the uh, accolade to, to land that gig, I would say. Is it, though? Well, maybe not today. I don't know. It certainly used to be. Think, well, maybe. Is it, is it a waning product? And they figure if we get a celebrity to shoot it, 
more people buy it. That's a, that may be. I've been told I'm cynical, Bruce, and that might be the cynic in me. <laughs> I, I, do you want do you want to hear the cynic in me? Yeah, go on. The cynic in me is reading the text of this blog post, which was clearly written by a millennial, because it says Brian Adams, a musician perhaps best known for his everything I do, I do it for you. <laughs> oh. Now, okay, it was a hit. But you can't tell me it was a bigger hit than Summer of 69. Depends where you, which country you're from. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> well, imagine if you're writing the article and you're from England, let's say. Yeah. And Summer of 69 wasn't a hit there. Okay. But everything I do, I did to you, whatever it was called. <laughs> I don't is, know. Is, maybe was it, the maybe, only hit you can think of. Maybe it was a bigger hit. I don't know. I, it just seems maybe to me. <laughs> maybe in volume of record sales. Was maybe. that Was that... The one, was that the one for the movie? It was. It was oh, in Robin was Hood, Bodyguard? Prince of Thieves, yeah. Okay, not Bodyguard, no. <laughs> You're thinking of Whitney Houston. <laughs> no, is it really? <laughs> I don't know these things. So, uh. <laughs> I think you're right, though, about the Pirelli calendar. I think, you know, its heyday was in the 70s and the 80s when it was yeah. still okay to, you yeah. know, photograph TNA. Um, when, when, when you could uh, objectify women. Yeah. Uh, and and that has certainly gone by the wayside. So maybe you're right in you know, you know that idea that it's a waning. Yeah, and if you get if you get a because you know, we're all talking about it because it's Brian Adams. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you get to get a get a um, yeah, a celeb to shoot it. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yep. I, I saw Brian Adams in his first ever concerts in Australia. Really? When no, before before he'd had a hit single, so no one knew who he was. Wow. He, he was supporting the police on their last ever concert tour. So what year was this? 84, something like that. Oh, so Cuts Like a Knife would have been out by then. No, maybe early 80s. I don't know. Whenever it was, it was it, no one knew it. No one, no one had ever heard of his name. Yeah, right. Because uh, what happened, it, we had a concert, a concert venue with 80,000 people. Yeah. And surprise international guest yep. was supporting. There's, there's all these Australian bands on. Yep. Surprise international guest, then the police. Yeah. Right. I think maybe Carl Hemmings was at this concert. So all day long, I was going. I wonder who it's going to be. I wonder who it's going to be. Then it got leaked. This guy called Brian Adams, <laughs> and then everyone's going around. Brian Adams never heard him. Never heard him. Never heard him. Never heard him. all all day long. Brian Adams never heard of him. Brian Adams never heard of him. Uh, Eighty thousand people said that. Yeah. Brian Adams comes on stage with a box, starts throwing these badges out in the audience, yeah. and the badge says, "Brian Adams doesn't know you either." <laughs> nice. <laughs> And then he, then he started singing a song called Fork. Right. Well, it sounded like Fork, but it was a little bit ruder. Okay. And and every word was Fork. <laughs> and it's Fork, Fork this, and Fork, Fork that, and Fork, and Fork. And halfway through the song, he had the whole crowd one over. <laughs> so he had that uh, star ability, you know. Nice. But, uh, yeah, so that was, uh, maybe, it might have been 82. It was, it was, it was a long ways back. Yeah, uh, right. I remember my mate Dave, who's, yeah, the singer-songwriter. Yes. Telling me, this was, oh, he told me this story probably 15 years ago. He said, mate, I remember the first time I saw Matchbox 20. He said they were playing in a coffee shop in King Street in Newtown uh, to a crowd of about 50 people. He said the next time they came to Australia, they were playing the Enmore Theatre, which is a, you know, 1,500, 2,000-seat room yeah. uh, to standing room only. He said, and then the next time they were out here, they'd sold out the Entertainment Centre, which was a 12,000-seat room. <laughs> but I'm thinking, man, to, to have seen someone like Matchbox 20 in a coffee shop to 50 people, that would be awesome. Man. 
1982 was the police concert. Right. Wow. So that what that does predate both Into the Fire and Cuts Like a Knife. Well, I wouldn't know. I've never heard that. Listened to any of them. So they were the two albums prior to Reckless. Oh, with other the songs. <laughs> Not a Brian Adams fan, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of not being a fan, I saw a, someone sent me a post today. It was um, a Facebook. Someone had said, does anyone actually know anyone who's, who's actually caught COVID? Anybody in Australia? Sort of thing. Yeah. And someone puts back, came back with, I don't know anyone who owns a Nickelback album yet. They've sold 50 million. What's your point? <laughs> That's classic. The Nickelback man. That is great. We're calling the paddle pop line down here in yes, Australia. That's right. <laughs> he does look like the paddle pop line. If you don't know, if, you, if you're from a place that doesn't have paddle pops, just uh, dial up paddle pop line and Chad Kroger. Yeah. And the guy from guy from Office Works. What's the name? No, Middle Works. His name is uh, Chad Boys. Kroger, the lead Boys. singer of Nickelback. <laughs> Nickelback, not Noiseworks. Nickelback, another <laughs> uh, crappy band. No, the lead singer of Noiseworks was John Stevens. That's right. I saw him play Jesus. Right. Jesus in Jesus Christ Superstar. But I also saw him play Judas in oh. Jesus Christ Superstar. Right. So, so, so I saw, yeah, I've seen him, the good and the bad. Yeah. And he's quite ugly, so you kind of got all three going. <laughs> uh, so it, it was Judas to John Farnham's Jesus. Right. And then he was. Judas, uh, no, he's Jesus just for himself. I, think. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Noiseworks, yeah. this will date me, at the Ballina RSL Club. Just looking at a photo of you, date you. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, saw Noiseworks at the Ballina RSL in, oh, this would have been around about 89, I guess. And it was before their third album came out. Uh, they were playing in a room licensed to hold 600 people, and there were about 800 in there. It was absolutely jam-packed. And the the bar... And, and this was early days for when bars started selling beer in plastic cups rather than glasses at live events. And so everyone had these little plastic cups of, of beer. And there was some guy right down the front jammed up against the stage who kept throwing his plastic cups onto the stage. Oy. And eventually, in between a couple of songs, John Stevens has just looked down into the crowd and he's going, guys, can you please not throw the plastic cups on stage? It's really distracting, right? Yeah. Halfway through the next song, this plastic cup has flown through the air, hit John Stevens on, in the cheek, Urgh. like just glanced off his face, and he seriously, he's just turned around and sort of nodded at the guitarist and just like take a solo. And he has jumped off the stage and just <laughs> smacked this guy, like full on swung a fist right into this guy's face. The guy's just gone down for the count. And the security guys have just swarmed in, picked up John Stevens and thrown him back on the stage and then picked up this other guy and just dragged him out of the club. <laughs> Now, uh, just to our listeners, uh, Shadow Sync podcast, do not think violence is a solution unless <laughs> no. it's really necessary. Unless, no, unless they're no. really annoying sods. That's yeah. right. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. What else have we got to talk about? 
This is almost going to be a music podcast. It has, it has, it has. Uh, you know, I should, I should, I should see ACDC rehearse. See them rehearse? How did you get to see them rehearse? Well, I used to work in an ice skating rink as a teenager. Right. And when it was closed and we were cleaning up, they came in. There's a big space where they could rehearse. Wow. They knew the owners or something. So they came. I went to my first, and uh, I'll also admit, only gay club with <laughs> ACDC's sound, sound technician of the time. Right. Oh, yeah, because wow. all out. We're like 15. So where was this? Was this Adelaide? Ringwood, Iceland. Oh, in Melbourne? Yeah. Okay, because they were an Adelaide band originally. So Adelaide and some New South Wales and Vic. But there was this stage, they were living in Warrandyte in Victoria at this particular stage. Yeah, this, right. is before, this is well before they went to England. Right. Uh, obviously, because otherwise they'd be in England. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so they, oh, I know, probably something like eight or ten times. Wow. And then the guy who took us to the gay club bought all their... Um, all their sound equipment from them, yeah. and that helped fund the, 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 for them getting to England. Wow! And then he'd rent that sound equipment out to bands coming to Australia. Yeah, right. The tour. Yeah. Wow. That would have been about mid seventies. Yes, mid seventy-five, seventy-six, yeah. Yeah. seventy-seven, something like that. Yeah. I mean, way back in the in, in the sub annals of time, you yeah. Know? Not just at the cockles, but the sub cockles. It's way back there. <laughs> So, yes, anyway, that's enough of the music. We were talking about, we were talking about uh, something about photography you were about to say. Uh, I was going to talk about another story, but you know what? I'm I'm done. I'm done. We've done 56 yep. minutes. That's enough. <laughs> that's enough torture. <laughs> Can I make a suggestion? What's that? Save these stories for next week. We've got nothing to talk about. We'll talk about those. Okay. Sounds good. Because that way we have to do even less work next week. That's right. Excellent. Which, which I'm always up for. The work's already unless time done. Sens- unless they're time sensitive yeah. and they'll run out like they're a special, yeah. then we'll talk about it next week and tell people they missed it. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> I've, I've got an early start in the morning, so. Do you, mate? Yeah. Oh, of course, you're going to get your truck. Yes. So it's up at three yeah. to be at work by four. Victor says what? Yep. Wow. <laughs> exactly. So you work three till when? I work four till thirteen hundred, so one PM. Wow. Yeah. That's like yeah, five hours of straight work or something, isn't it? That's not good news. <laughs> I wish it was only five hours. <laughs> you go and get yourself to bed yeah. and um and don't worry, I'll I'll edit the podcast and put it out for you. Fantastic, mate. Good on you. <laughs> In fact, don't bother editing, just hit send. <laughs> there we go. That's how it works, isn't it? Yeah, something like that, I wish. <laughs> Oh, just just speaking of, yeah. I didn't hit record, just so you know. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, I just realised just, just then. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> see that very second, isn't it? Oh, because normally we talk about it. Normally are you, are you recording? Yeah. And normally, normally I go, yes, because I already am, yeah. except for today. Right. Oh. All right. Never assume. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes an ass out of you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. right, mate. Well, you have a good week. You too, mate. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. You've been listening to Shutters Inc. For questions, comments, and feedback, email the boys at shuttersincpodcast.com. <laughs>